Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Uh, me riding solo again on a Tottenham versus Chelsea preview. Chelsea struggling, uh, but they are coming to Tottenham. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? Uh, on paper, we should be winning. But, you know, this is the old adage, Dr. Tottenham. I just hope the doctor is not in session on Sunday. Thanks to everybody who's watching. Uh, please hit the like and please hit the subscribe and the notification bell as well uh, before you do anything. Uh, really, really helps the channel. Really do appreciate it. A couple of people in the chats already. Uh, Ian, how you doing? And Ben, how you doing? And Jamie, who's beaten me to the first point today. A couple of bad things to talk about first before we talk about the football and yeah, how you doing, Jamie? Uh, rest in peace, Motti. I'm sure you all saw the news that legendary John Motson has passed away. Uh, I, I'm sure not just me, but for very a huge amount of people, he was the voice of football. Uh, certainly, growing up, you know, there was Barry Davies, but he he did a few games. But generally, it was all John Motson. I grew up watching Match of the Day as well. And uh, yeah, hi Ben, uh, says Ian, and afternoon Chris, hope you're well, says Mark. Uh, all of these people always in the chats, really good, uh, you know, really helpful. Jamie is on Spurs Eurasian TV, so check that out with Eugene as well, and Ben on uh, Tottenham on, on tour, so check that out as well with uh, the two Bryans. Uh, but yeah, John Motson, I, I grew up watching Matter today, he was, he was, the one always commentating on there. So for me, literally every week I'd watch football with John Motson commentating. And uh, from anyone who, who's, who's seen it in the news, uh, he, he used to prepare meticulously for every single game. It wasn't just a, get, a case of turning up. Uh, this is what's happening in the game. He knew all the players. He knew all the positions and everything like that. And just a true, true professional and, and just really sad news that he's passed away. And yeah. Thoughts with all of his family and rest in peace, Motti. Uh, and then we come on to uh, football's not really that important. So I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail. Uh, it's not really my business. But a lot of you in the chat, a lot of you watching will know Stephen Featley. He's an Arsenal fan on YouTube as well. In a really, really bad way at the moment, which is uh, really sad, really sad. And uh, he's he, he's been on this show quite a few times. Arsenal fan, like I say, doing uh, previews and reviews, and he's invited me onto his show. Uh, reviews, previews of North London Derby and Spurs Arsenal um, uh, first 11s. And yeah, in a real, real bad way, and it's a real, real horrible thing. Uh, Martinelli has reached out and, and sent him a message, so hopefully you can see that. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to say too much, because obviously it's not my, my business, and a lot of his family and friends may see this and, and you know, it's not my business, but I just wanted to say that he, from my experience with him, really, really nice guy. And yeah, just what's happening is, is really horrible and uh, thoughts with his family and friends. And uh, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, that uh, I don't want Arsenal to win the league because I don't want Arsenal to win the league. I don't like Arsenal. But if it means that Steve Stephen gets to see Arsenal lift a trophy, I'd rather they win it than Man City. Um, and yeah, it's just really, really... Um, Horrible news and, and just, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say, really, other than thoughts with his family and friends. And it's just horrible, horrible, horrible news. 
And yeah, a comment here for me, and a good few of us have done shows with Stephen, top guy, and a reminder that football at the end of the day is only a game, absolutely. And and you know, we're we're a Spurs community here on the on, on YouTube, which we are, and a fantastic community as it is. But you'll know from watching these shows that it's not just Spurs fans who appear on these shows, it's also rival fans as well. And Stephen was someone who well, he, he regularly appears on Spurs channels um and and other uh, teams' channels as well. Uh, as a guest talked about that team versus Arsenal and things like that. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just really, really sad news. And yeah, uh, Conte to catch up. How are you doing, buddy, regarding uh, Motson? RIP and pray that God will give his family peace of mind to cope with their loss. Absolutely. And like Ian says, it's it's just football at the end of the day. We have got a game against Chelsea, but win. obviously we want to win. We hate Chelsea as well, but if we do lose, there's things a lot, lot more important going on than football. But, and yeah, uh, Ben here as well. Good guy, Stephen. Rivalry goes out the window. It's a game at the end of the day. Thoughts with his family. And yeah, just in case anyone doesn't know, a, a good known stream is having end of life care. Very, very, very sad. And, and like I said, thoughts with his family and friends. And if Arsenal do win the league and he gets to see it, then I'm happy to chuck my rivalry out the window to let him see Arsenal win the league. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, obviously, two two horrible pieces of news there, um, but let's move on. Um, I just wanted to say my piece because obviously I know I know Stephen been on shows with him as well, so I didn't want to go and not say anything uh, and just kind of gloss over it because it is horrible, horrible news. But Ch Chelsea here. That's who we've got on Sunday. Can we pile on the misery for them? Uh, Conte's catch-up. His name is Stephen Featley. So he does a lot for charity as well. Uh, go and check his channel out, S Featley TV. There'll be links on there to to donate to the good causes that he he um, uh, is part of. Uh, so yeah, go check that out, S Featley TV. Uh, but yeah, Chelsea uh, spent... God knows how many millions with their new owner, with Graham Potter, scored one goal in about four games. Uh, but they are coming to Dr. Tottenham, and let's just hope not. And yeah, as Ian says, there, Conte is catch up. Stephen Featley is his name. Uh, yeah. But yeah, m make sure you check his channel out. Make sure, and, and yeah, there'll be plenty of streams, I'm sure. Uh, uh, doing shows to to promote charity work and, and and sponsors and and everything like that. It's uh, S Featley TV. Uh, Conte SketchUp. That's his channel. S Featley TV. Uh, let me put it in. Uh, there you go. S Featley TV. That's his t uh, a YouTube channel. Um. But yeah, uh, so yeah, let, let's move on from the, this horrible news, horrible news. And like we say, uh, thoughts with family and friends of John Watson and Stephen as well. Um, but Chelsea, um, you know, 600 million or something like that, probably a big, big chunk of that just in January alone. I bought eight players, only scored one goal. 
uh, in about four games, really struggling, but they are coming to Dr. Tottenham. So who knows what is going to happen uh, when they visit us. Notoriously slow starters, but hopefully, you know, Sunday, that's not the case. And we start off quickly. And, you know, if ever there was a time and ever there was a team or a game to start off quickly and put pressure on early doors, it's this game here. You know, in recent history anyway, uh, this season, if you score first against Chelsea, you don't lose because they can't score goals. Uh, it's the same when we, we drew two all away at home. Uh, if they had a decent striker there, they'd have run away with that game fairly, fairly easily. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, so, again, you know, you've got to see, this is what Arsenal, why they're top of the league and Man City uh, chasing them down. When they smell blood, they don't let up. If there's something to be done there and they smell blood. You know, Arsenal don't start off slow. Man City don't start off slow. Certainly against teams who are struggling, we seemingly do. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, some more comments coming in. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, uh, yeah, um, Chelsea, what was I talking about? I've completely lost my train of thought now. Uh, much easier, much easier when you have guests on, but uh, I'm on lunch here, so I don't have the luxury of uh, going much longer than now. Uh, yeah, if ever there was a time to really go and attack a team, it's here. That's what Arsenal do. That's what Man City do. That's what Liverpool were doing season before this season and, and seasons before. Manchester United in their heyday. Um, it's what you, we've got to do. We've got to go out quick. The fans, it, it's a North London, it, North London derby. It's a London derby. So the fans will be there making a lot of noise. The players have got to keep that noise coming and do their part as well. And, uh, yeah, that's what we've got to do. We've got we've got to go out quickly, put pressure on them early doors. The last the the the, the best case scenario if you're a team like Chelsea who is struggling, is you go away to a team that should be a, 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 an intense game, and you get let off the hook fairly early on for the first 20, 30 minutes because the team aren't attacking you. The last thing you want is to be under pressure right from the off when you're struggling, conceding goals and not being able to score goals. And like I say, and and, and like I say, if we can get an early goal, it puts pressure on them straight away. We're not scoring goals. We've now got to score two to win the game. And uh, yeah, uh, just on Stephen, the last thing I'll say on Stephen here, uh, Eugene uh, from Spurs Eurasian TV, a lot of you know Eugene. He's in touch with the family, so if you can reach out to him, and, and I'm sure he'll he'll give you updates as and when he finds out. Um, yeah, moving on to to Chelsea now. Uh, Chelsea are to us what we are to Man City. Uh, they are kind of a bogey team, but at home uh, we're a lot better than we are at Stamford Bridge. And I'm hearing that we're going to reward failure with promoting, with promoting as Dyer could get a new contract. I saw that as well. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a sec. We'll talk about that in a sec. But in terms of Chelsea, uh, very, very glum face there, Graham Potter. But here's the question. It'd be interesting to know what you think in the chat about this. Is this his last chance? He's obviously struggling. He's 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 had the owners come out and 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 give the uh, dreaded vote of confidence uh, a lot of the time the vote of confidence means that we're not we're just saying that because that's the thing to say and yeah we'll talk about the defense a bit as well but our contest sketch up said it's uh, it's said that we could be signing long lay on a full contract as well uh, but in terms of potter um and yet yeah, Conte's catch up again. The Madison rumours are cropping up again. We seem to be favourites. I saw that as well until it's official. I don't believe any of the newspaper rumours. But in terms of Chelsea, he's been given the dreaded voted uh, vote of confidence. Uh, if you came out, if, if if someone said that the own, new owners of Chelsea knew nothing about English football, nothing about Chelsea and nothing about soccer, would not surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. He, they've obviously put their stamp on things with their their huge spending spree. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, Mark Cousins has said they can't afford to sack him, can they? Uh, <laughs> they've uh, spent six hundred million. They seem to have money going out of fashion. Uh, girlfriend's dad is a Chelsea fan, and he said that they saved a lot of money, like hundreds of millions, uh, when they didn't ha- when they had that transfer ban. So they're now spending the money that they would have spent in that. But yeah, there has to be a they can't carry on spending like 600 million each season. Otherwise, they will be foul, fall short of this financial fair play. But then we know about financial fair play only benefits the big teams, which Chelsea are. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting with Potter. He's obviously under pressure, certainly with the fans, dropping like a stone mid-table. Uh, and if we can batter them, and you know, a big London uh, rival can batter them, I don't think it would be an El Sacchio for him, as it, you know, as it was uh, for Nuno and for uh, Bielsa at Leeds. But I think it would put him under huge, huge pressure. And if he doesn't turn it around quickly, then I, I, I feel he could be let go before the end of the season. Uh, he was someone that I wanted Potter. He was someone that I wanted Potter. And is it a case that he can't handle the top, top players? Uh, I'm not so sure. I think the issue is it was just a very poor appointment from Chelsea in the sense that Potter is a, is a manager like Con- like po- uh, Potch. He coaches players. He takes players who aren't necessarily the top, 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 players but he coaches them into what he wants and turns them into top players in in their right look at Danny Rose prime example Danny Rose labeled as one of a terrible left back Poch got into him very quickly was was labeled as the best left back in the country uh, Sissoko turned Sissoko into a very competent midfielder when he was fairly useless before that uh Harry Kane took him on to next levels Deli Alley same, uh, you know, League One player, and then he forget what's happened to Delhi Alley now, but uh, absolutely superb in his heyday. And Potter, look at the players at Brighton Lamptey, Trossard, McAllister, uh, Cucurella before he moved to Chelsea. All of these players coached by Potter into what he wanted and turned them from 
the players they were into far, far better players. At Chelsea, it's all about, and I know it's slightly different owners, but it's all about buying the players who are ready now. And I don't think these players want to be coached. I think they're set in their ways. They don't want to be coached. They want to just play football. So I think it's a complete mismatch in Chelsea's philosophy and the manager they've brought in and the manager's philosophy as well. So I don't think the players are playing for him. I think they're trying to be coached and they don't want to be coach, coached. And there's there's a disconnect there. Uh, but let's get into some comments. Conte's catch-up, uh, four here from him. So regarding Madison, 150 games for Leicester and a whopping 91 goal and assist contributions. I mean, that is amazing. That is amazing. And if we could get something like that, that would transform us. Uh, I don't blame Potter. Havertz is awful, as is Mount. They don't have a proper striker. Uh, careful what you say, Conte's catch-up. Those words can sometimes uh, bite you in the arse. Uh, saying a player's awful, they play against us. Uh, everything is rushed with Chelsea's new team. They need balance. And sad, sadly, Sterling and Havertz just can't find the net. It's a striker issue. So they don't have one. They're not scoring much at all. And, and Aubameyang is just... Tuchel was the only manager who seemingly could get a tune out of him, keep him on the straight and narrow. And now he just seems to be kicking up and, you know. And Ian, I would have bitten your hand off to get put on. As you say, regarding coaching, name a player, Conte has improved our way. You could say Ben Davies. Uh, certainly last season, you could say him. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm struggling, in. I'm struggling. And uh, trying to mesh all those players together is tough. I'd give him a year and start fresh in the summer to coach his style of play. Yeah, the issue with that, though, Conte's catch-up, is unless, I, well, in my opinion anyway, unless they change their philosophy and get players in, you know, to be coached, which the fans don't want. They've had so much success with uh, Roman of just buying the ready-made players and, and, and you know, putting them in the team. They don't want to be coached, so it's a completely different style of play. If, if Potter was there when Lampard was there, when they had their transfer embargo, where they were forced to coach players because they were from the youth, he'd be unbelievable by now. Uh, but he wasn't. They're, they're there where they can... Um, um, uh, what am I trying to say? He's there where they're allowed to buy whoever they want and they got seemingly an unlimited pot of money. And a uh, good point for me in here, Potter's Brighton didn't score nearly often enough. That is the case. Yeah, that's very true. Certainly before last season, they, I remember they hit the bar or post three times against Man United and ended up losing the game, even though they're all over them. So maybe it is something with his play, but I'd have taken him at Tottenham. I'd have taken him at Tottenham. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be interesting what happens if we do batter them. What will happen? What will happen with him? Uh, will they stick with him? Is the vote of confidence genuine or is it the dreaded vote of confidence that no one wants? be very interesting. But then if they do win, it could be the turning point and a complete role reversal and then they could go on a run. Uh, yeah, and Conte's catch-up, not playing styles, part of a play. Uh yeah, which to me just is, I, I, I'm not sure who appointed him. Was it the was it Roman who appointed him or was it the new owner who appointed him? Uh, if it's a new owner and then they're going out and buying all of these players, it says to me that the new owner has no idea about football or what he's getting and, and just, yeah. If it was Roman, he obviously had a plan and obviously what happened, what happened. Uh, Conte's catch-up, I do think Chelsea was too high a jump for him. Tottenham should have been his next move. It's his level. Uh, 
Yeah, very interesting to say, uh, think, isn't it? Uh, uh, difficult to say if it's too high a jump for him. If they were playing this style of play, would he still be in this predicament? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But at this moment in time, it does look like he's gone from a big fish in a small pond to a much bigger pond and is is struggling. Uh, but in terms of Tottenham, which one of these two plays, uh, Charleston or Son? Uh Obviously, Kane, Kulu are going to be mainstays. Or would you drop Kulu? He, he's been struggling a little bit as well uh, for form. Would you stop him? Uh, uh, drop him, sorry. But obviously, against West Ham, you drop Son. He comes on, very angry, goes and scores a goal, point to prove, and looks back to the Son that we expected. Same thing happened when we dropped him against Leicester. Uh, but what he needs to do now, in my opinion anyway, is take what he's done there. And run with it now. <laughs> no pun intended. But, you know, you, you've had that good game. You need to carry that on. You need to show the consistency that you've been showing in recent years that has turned you from uh, a Bundesliga player into one of the top, top players in the world. Uh, and, yeah, and if, if he does drop, if he does drop off again, then the manager, whoever that is, Stellini or Conte, can't be afraid to drop him again and put Richarlison in. So I'd be inclined, certainly because it's a, a, a Chelsea and he's played in it many times, Kulu, Kane and Son. But if one of them isn't pulling their weight or, or, or performing, do not be afraid to, all right, off you come, Richie, you're on. Um, it's a shame for Vichalison. He's a good, good player, very good player. I think he's playing slightly out of position on the left when... Look at him for Brazil. He's much more of a striker. Everton, who he pretty much single-handedly kept up. Uh, Calvert-Lewin was injured, so he was playing as a striker there. He wasn't playing on the left or right. Uh, when he did, he, his, his productivity kind of dropped a little bit. Um, but, yeah, and... and Yeah, it's an interesting one. Conte's catch-up here. Uh, I'd keep Kulu, had a great second half against West Ham, and I'd start with Charleston again with Sun coming on in the second half yeah i think with a charleston and son it's it's whichever one you start with i think fans are generally going to be quite happy uh obviously son is is a hero so players uh, uh fans want to see him but if, if if you can get him that angry so he's got a point to prove certainly against the team who who should be a bit more tired uh maybe struggling as well with confidence uh Having a son to come off. <laughs> what a player to come on off the bench. Uh, <laughs> Dan Juma can clean the boots. Uh, be interesting to see him give a run of games, but he's, he's not going to get the run of games. That's why Bergwijn left, because he knew he wasn't going to get a run of games. But yeah, for me, uh, Conte's catch-up says start with Charleston. Uh, son on the bench. For me, it would be the other way around. But like I say, I think if you start with Charleston or start with Son, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. Uh, Charleston obviously played really, really well in his cameo when he came on in the uh, earlier fixture at Stamford Bridge. Uh, but I would think, I would guess that Stellini will stick with Son because he he made an instant impact in that West Ham game. But if if he, Kulu, or even Kane, you know, are struggling or not performing, don't be afraid. You've got you've got Charleston on the bench. Uh, and then. Who who do you start with at right back? Obviously, uh, this guy here. 
I don't know what's happened to him, but long may it continue. Whether it's Povo signing that's uh, made him think, right, I'm, I'm not gonna necessarily going to be first choice. I have to knuckle down and really put a shift in. Or if something's just clicked, if it's the fact that he's having a baby or just had a baby, uh, judging by the uh, um, uh, celebration against West Ham, has matured him. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I ask the question here, Emerson or Poro? For me, it's a no-brainer. It has to be Emerson. And uh, Ian agrees, only Emerson. And uh, Conte's catch-up, Skip and Hoiberg in the middle too, in the midfield, I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll come to that in a second. But Emerson and Poro, uh, I don't know what's happened to Emerson, uh, but like I say, long, long may it continue. Uh, <laughs> not sure uh, his value has... Uh, vo- Emerson royalty has... Uh, it's amazing a few good performances, how some, uh, how uh, perception can change. Uh, and the fact that Poro had an absolute screaming shocker against Leicester, but his value is shot from 25 to 100 million pounds in three games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, da- Davies left wing back, maybe. I would imagine it would be Perisic, but he was on the bench against West Ham, so you could be right there, uh, Conte's catch-up. Uh, and Ian, imagine if we played a 4-2-3-1. More likely with Stellini in charge rather than Conte, but I think he'll probably stick with the same team and formation and everything and tactics, maybe not tactics, uh, as the West Ham game. But yeah, Emerson, uh, his crossing has got better. I know there wasn't really a benchmark to 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 <laughs> judge that on, so any kind of cross is probably going to be better than what, what he has been performing. Uh, but it has got better in the sense that... Um, uh, Leicester, Leicester, um, yeah, he, he put a good cross in for Kane. Kane, for some reason, has got his feet tangled up and then made a hash of it, but it was a good cross. Uh, and then, obviously, the composure for the goal against Leicester, absolutely superb. You don't expect that from uh, uh, a, a, a wing-back. Absolutely superb. And, uh, yeah, Whitbird in the chat, how you doing? Uh, good afternoon to you two. Uh, I know... Uh, she she knows Stephen as, uh, Featley as well. Uh, mentioned him at the start. Uh, obviously, very sad news, but thanks for watching. Manchester United fan as well. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the cup final? You must be fairly confident being that Vashford is form of his life. Uh, Newcastle without a goalkeeper. Uh, Ian here, son. Kane, Delhi as the front three. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. As the three and Richie up front, uh, that would be very interesting. That would be his four-two-three-one formation, uh, and he's also said Skip and Hoiberg in the middle. It would be brave and would be very interesting to do that. I'm not sure that will happen though. Contest catch up. I love Emerson. At least he wants to succeed here and doesn't come off like he's only here for the money. Absolutely, and he spent an absolute fortune. Absolute fortune. Uh, yeah, absolute fortune on trying to be better. And he looks like he enjoys his football. So he is one who's trying to be successful here. And you can only applaud that. You get so many players now who aren't performing. Look at Delhi, for example, and seemingly don't care. Whereas Emerson wants to succeed. And you can only, only applaud that. He, regardless if you like the guy or don't like the guy or think he's rubbish or anything like that, you can only applaud his his endeavour to try and be better, to try and force his way in. And 
yeah, I, I'm delighted he's he's playing better now because I think we do have a player there. He just very young, changed position, changed country. And I, I think there's possibly something to say that, you know, the the the, the having the baby has changed him or, or having a baby has changed him and matured him. Um, and you never know. But, yeah, long may it continue. Long may it continue. Uh, Witterbird regarding the final, fairly confident. And as long as his Instagram isn't true, as he had uh, something in his story, uh, I'm not sure what that is. Is that Rashford or is that Ten Hag? I'm not. I'm not sure on that one. Uh, regarding the four-three-two-three-one, sorry, it won't happen. But I bet that is what Potch would do. Uh, we'll be able to find out next season, Ian, when Potch is back in charge. Uh, can I ask? Does Conte manage Son well to you? He's clearly a player that has to feel the confidence. Uh, very interesting one, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting one. And, and Rashford is what Witterberg, uh, Witterberg was talking about. I'm not sure what's happened in his Instagram story, but uh, he's in my fancy football team. So let's hope it's not anything too bad. Obviously, he's not playing today. But in terms of Son, yeah, it's a very interesting one. Something's clearly not right there with Son or... I mean, it could just be it's a really, really elongated, bad run of form. It happens with strikers. Uh, you look at Rashford, for example, who's absolutely on fire at the moment. Uh, but then I, I would have thought the manager that, that was there didn't play to his strengths, whereas uh, Ten Hag does. Uh, and the fact that Rashford was having to do two jobs and do politicians' jobs as well. Um, but yeah, something, something's not right with Sun this year. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, there's a huge, huge, huge uh, training regime that Conte did where players were thrown up in pre-season. So maybe he's burnt out because of that. He constantly plays. He played most of the World Cup. He's he's pretty much played for us, travelled to to careers games and then travelled back the same week and the, or the same day or whatever and then played as well. So maybe it is just a burnout. He is getting a bit older as well. Uh, his dad makes him train afterwards, if anyone's seen the sensational uh, documentary on him. So, yeah, but he looked back to his best against City. So maybe it is a manager thing because that, that City game and the West Ham game was all Stellini there. It wasn't Conte. So maybe you do have a point there uh, that Conte doesn't manage him well, which, yeah. And his his partnership with Kane hasn't really as been effective as it has. And Kulu as well. Remember, at the end of last season, January to, to the end of the season, Kulu's son, Kane, were top three front three in, in football, in my opinion. Uh, Conte's catch-up. Uh, Emerson's attitude is A1. He's an example to all players that are struggling. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm delighted for him and hope it can continue. And you, you looked at the celebration. Everyone went round him. So I think he's a very, very popular guy in, in the dressing room. And uh, regarding Son... He needs threaded ball through balls to run onto. Kane hasn't been providing much for him this season, so he's not getting the service. Whether that is a Conte thing and, and that's where how Conte wants to play and, and then we're not getting the best out of Son, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, and he goes on to say, Kane is getting into the right position, but through balls aren't coming. His last goal came from Kane dropping deep and threading the ball through to Son. It also came from a, a bit of a cock-up by West Ham as well, but it made... Uh, what I liked about it, and and I I do think uh, it, it's a confidence issue, but maybe that could be because you know he had to learn a different system and everything like that. But earlier in the season, when Kane got the ball deep, he wasn't making the runs. He wasn't 
on his bike. Manchester United, when we won 6-1, the uh, uh, through balls, as soon as Kane got the ball, he was on his bike. And, and earlier in the season, he wasn't making those runs. West Ham, as soon as the error happened from West Ham and it went to Kane, Son was on his bike and it made Kane's job so much easier. The touch by Son as well to set himself up. Two touches and a goal. Absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. Uh, let's talk about the midfield now. Skip has done himself no harm at all. Obviously, the the injury to Benton Kerr is terrible. Uh, although I did see something today saying he might be back before the end of the season. Uh, don't do that, Tottenham. But history has repeated itself time and time again where we've had injuries to key players and we bring them back, rush them back, you know. If he does come back this season, it's going to be one game before the end of the season. Unless you're in a Champions League final, FA Cup final, which, you know, is very unlikely, very unlikely. Unless you're in them, maybe. But even then, don't make the mistake that Poch made in the Champions League final. Play the players who have got you to that point because Bentico isn't going to get us to that point if we get through to one of those finals because he's injured for too long. And do not, do not, rush these people back. He's an important player for his Benton core. Don't rush him back. And the next season, he ends up having a, a, a something else go wrong with it. And then he's out for another five months. Do not rush him back. Uh, uh, Witterberg, great chat. Thank you for answering my question. Thank you for bring, uh, uh, putting the question in and getting involved in the chat as well. And I love your prediction. 3-1 Tottenham against Chelsea. I would take that as I think most other Spurs fans would. Uh, we don't like Chelsea. And uh, yeah, good luck in the final as well. Uh, Newcastle have just got all of this money and everything like that. So I would rather a team who, who are self-sufficient like Manchester United win that. So good luck in the final. And yeah, Conte's catch up. ACL injuries can be career endings. So absolutely. And if we bring him back too early and it's not fully healed and, and, and he's not ready to come back, then he could end up having another one and, and don't do that. Don't do that. And, and in terms of that injury, injuries like that are obviously horrible, but it does then present an opportunity to a player who's not uh, in the team sheet or the first 11 to stake his claim for that first 11. And Skip has done himself no harm at all. Uh, I know AC Milan are struggling, but going to the San Siro isn't an easy feat. Not at all. Certainly if you, you're, you're kind of not match fit, which he, he can't possibly be because he's hardly played any games after a big injury himself last year. Uh, but yeah, he more than held his own, along with Saar as well, who I think we've got a real talent there, Saar, and we need to manage him. Uh, but yeah, Hoiberg is a warrior. You, you want Hoiberg in your team, certainly in a battle, which London Derby should be a battle, should be a bit of a fight, and you want him there. Uh, but yeah, Skip has done himself no harm, was was very good against West Ham. Ignore the first half, which was fairly boring, but certainly the second half, very good. So he deserves his place for the Chelsea game. See what he can do. You remember, this is the guy who first premiership game was against the, the previous champions at a torrid first 5, 10, 15 minutes where he could have given away about three penalties. Uh, but then was absolutely superb in, in that game and just the injuries of... If the injury hadn't have happened, I think he would have gone on the plane to Qatar with the England squad. Whether he'd have started is another thing, but he'd have definitely been in the squad. So it's it's a, a, a kind of chance for him to to reestablish himself in that in that Tottenham midfield. 
Yes, it, it, and it's obviously come at the expense of Bentacur and Basuma with bad injuries, but these things happen in football. And like I said, with 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 Bentacur and and Conte's ketchup says it's a it's, it, it, it's a serious serious injury. Do not rush him back. You only bring him back and put him back in training and into the team when the doctors, who you're paying, by the way, when the doctors have said he's fine to come back. Do not do it early. Do not do it early because we cannot afford next season if we're to achieve anything. Benton Kerr to be injured for another four or five months. And uh, yeah, if if Saar and Skip can excel to the next level quickly, we may have a chance of getting top four and winning a cup. Uh, the ACL injuries to Zaniolo is the reason we didn't sign from Roma in January. And Hoiberg saved us against Chelsea last time when they batted us. He absolutely did. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's just hope. Let's just hope we don't rush these back. Uh, this is a question I thought of. Is it a bigger game for Spurs or Chelsea? Obviously, we're we're trying to go to top four. And get in the top four. But Chelsea are dropping like a stone. And like I say, is it is it going to be a firing for Potter if they get battered? So is that a bigger game because they're, 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 they're fighting for their manager? Or is it a bigger game for us? Uh, I'm Spurs, so I couldn't care less what happens to Chelsea. So therefore, it's a bigger game for Tottenham because I want to win the game. I don't care what happens to Chelsea. But in terms of a neutral... Uh, Switzerland, if you're, you're still there, uh, who do you think it's a bigger game for? Uh, for me, I would say it's a bigger game for us because we have top four to fight for. Whereas Chelsea, yeah, they could go on a run if they win that and go on a run and get back in the top four race. But the likelihood is they're a bit too short now. Uh, top three, uh, Arsenal, City, United are set. So it's one from... How many teams are going to fight for Newcastle and us are definitely in that fight. Brighton, they're above Chelsea. Liverpool, uh, you know, starting to win games again. So I think for Chelsea, it's, 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 yeah, I, I think it's probably a bigger game for Tottenham, like I said, because we've got stuff to fight for and top four to fight for. But it could be considered a bigger game for Chelsea, being the fact that they could very easily lose their manager there. Uh, if they do get battered, uh, whether they will, I'm not sure. Uh, Conte's catch up. Uh, Chelsea th fans think we are going to hammer them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Spurs that fans probably think we're going to Doctor Tottenham it up and let them off the hook. And yeah, in terms of Potter, he's lost the majority of the fan base already. He's walking and borrowed time. I, I have to say, I agree with that. They're so used to having the managers like a Mourinho or Conte. Get me the players who are ready. They get in my team. They learn the system and then they run away, run with it. Whereas this is a coaching thing, which they're not used to. So, and the fact that the fact that they're not used to it, if they were winning all their games, they'd be getting used to it very, very quickly. Uh, the fact that they're not winning games, not scoring, it's always going to uh, upset the fan base. Uh, a complete change. No one likes change. A big, big change. And it's not working. And yeah, like like yeah, Conte's ketchup said earlier. Again, Chelsea are to us what we are to Man City. Let's just hope that we can win. Uh, and we do have after this a little game against Sheffield United in the FA Cup fifth round. Winners go through to the quarterfinals. Huge game that, absolutely huge game. 
not because of the, the level of opposition, uh, although Sheffield United are doing really well in the championship at the moment. So it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but yeah, uh, it really is a top, top game for us to win. Uh, on paper, we should be winning that. You know, we're we're near the top of the premiership. They're near the top of the championship. But it's the FA Cup. If you do not turn up and focus and 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 give the correct respect to the opposition, you will lose. You will lose. It's as simple as that. That's how giant killings happen. Uh, Preston, for me, I, that was a complete banana skin, potential banana skin. Um, but we turned up with a correct attitude there, professional attitude. And in the end, it was a very, very comfortable three nil win. I didn't think we were really out of second or third gear there, but it was all about the attitude. If we'd have turned up thinking, ah, we've won this game already. It would have been a very, very different game. And certainly if Preston had have then scored a goal and gone one nil up, it would have been an extremely different game and difficult game, but we won that game before we even t started kicking off because we had the correct attitude and we avoided the giant killing. We have to do exactly the same thing against Sheffield United. Yes, we're fighting for top four, but I want a cup. I want a cup. I want a trophy. And the FA Cup is the best chance that we've got of a cup this season. You get into the quarterfinal. If you can get two top teams drawn against each other and avoid them, you've got one of the top teams already knocked out. And if you can get through semi-final and a final at Wembley, you know, home home uh, support goes out the window because it's a neutral ground. So it's 50-50 in terms of the fan base who, who go to the game. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that's later on. Uh, in terms of Dyer uh, being given a new contract. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Conte's catch up. Uh, Sheffield United have a giant playing as a cam. He's about six foot seven and causes so many problems, plus scores many goals. Like I say, it won't be an easy game at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. But we should be winning that on on paper. So therefore, if our attitude is correct, we should be okay. Not guarantee if our attitude's correct. But that's the first battle. You have to have the correct attitude because if you have the wrong attitude, you will get beaten. And yeah, let's talk about the transfers and latest club news. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about specifically, Conte's catch up on that, then just stick it in the chat and I'll talk about it as we go along. But Dyer, uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm not sure where the news is coming from, whether it's actually Spurs or whether these Twitter uh, in the know places. Uh, but rumours, and it's been going on for a little while as well, hasn't it, that Dyer's going to be getting a new contract. Uh, <sighs> I like Dyer. I like his attitude. In terms of quality, he's not good enough. If we want top four consistently and to push on there, win cups and, and challenge leagues, you need a better central defender, central defender of the three than Eric Dyer. Uh, sad to say, because I, like I said, I like Eric Dyer. I like his attitude and... and he tries in the same way as Emerson. He's just not good enough. He's just not good enough. If we were happy with getting top six every season, you know, qualifying for the Europa League, Conference League, absolutely, absolutely. Keep him in there, get him a new contract. That's done. Uh, 
Uh, Enoch might be happy with, with 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 just scraping into Champions League each season, but the, the majority of Spurs fans want trophies and they want to progress. And for that, Eric Dyer just is not good enough, unfortunately. Apart from Romero, neither's Longley. Um, so yeah, in terms of him being offered a full contract, uh, Bobby K in the chat, how you doing? Ah, I just dropped in to drop a like back to work. Really appreciate that, Bobby K. And make sure you check out Three Spurs Boys as well. That's Bobby's channel. Make sure you check out that. Him, Big K, Little K, and loads of guests as well. Absolutely superb. I was lucky enough to be on there the other week as well. Uh, Conte's catch-up. Here we go. Latest news in the Spurs media. Die a new contract. Kind of talked about that. <sighs> I mean, if you do give him a new contract, it can't, unless you're going to buy in two quality, quality centre-backs and he's the backup, just in case, then it just says that we've kind of settled for where we are. Long lay to be offered a full contract. Absolutely, exactly the same. Exactly the same. I've not been hugely impressed with him. Uh, to Ram and, and Dicker on a free. To Ram, uh, he's the winger, isn't he, I think? Obviously a full-back, but... And Madison linked to us again. We're favourites to sign him. I would snap your hand off for Madison. He's obviously going to be expensive, but I think he's fully, fully, fully worth whatever price they put on, even if it's 80 million. Uh, I've said before, I think if we had someone like Madison, someone who could keep the ball, him and Bentecourt together would solve a lot of our problems, I think. It'd be very reminiscent of Dembele and Eriksen in Pochi's era. Where when things got tough, those two got on the ball, stopped any momentum from the other team. And we then went again after the momentum had been stopped. Now we don't have that. So we're constantly under pressure. And because of that, with Dembele and Eriksen, the defence were rarely under pressure. They, they had lots of period in the time where they weren't needed to do anything, just keep their line. Whereas this year and, and in this team, we don't have that type of player in the middle in the middle. So they're constantly under pressure and that's why they're making mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Poch's defence was far, far better in terms of quality than we've got now. But I think if we had that creative midfielder, teams wouldn't attack us and go all out at us because they'd have to be wary of the counter-attack and the fact that someone like a Madison can pig it 50 yards to someone's foot. Um, but yeah. Madison is, I'd be screaming out for it. I've been screaming out for someone creative and Ericsson replacement ever since Ericsson left and hinted he wanted to leave. Uh, but yeah, Thuram and Ndicka, I'm not sure about those. Certainly Ndicka, I've not heard of him. Thuram, I've heard of. If they're on a free and they fit the system that we're playing, all for it. But then comes, yeah, uh, yeah. Thuram is a six foot three tall right wing forward. Uh, but then if we do sign him, what does that mean for uh, Dan Juma unless... Uh, Son, Kulu, Richarlison are leaving. Or Kane is leaving and then Richarlison goes up top. But the, the other thing with these signings, and he goes on to say, new Turkish goalkeeper verbal agreement. Uh, I did see that and I can't remember the name of the goalkeeper. I can't remember the name of the goalkeeper. We definitely need a new goalkeeper. Uh, thankfully, Pickford has signed a new contract with Everton or is signing a new contract. I don't think he's very good at all. I think he's very overrated. Palms the ball out into the middle, into the danger zone. Not what I want, not what I want. Uh, and the other thing with all of these players is who's going to be the manager who's uh, managing these players? Uh, <laughs> Conte, I think, is gone at the end of the season. Will Stellini carry on? 
I doubt it because he's Conte's right hand man. Conte will get another job like that, a click of the fingers, probably in Italy, and Stellini will go with him. So it's probably Poch. And Poch and Conte play very, very different systems. If this is the Poch that we had, that we're used to, plays a very, very different system to Conte. And he plays with fullbacks, not wingbacks. <laughs> We've converted Emerson into a wingback. Uh, we then have to convert him into a fullback. We will have Udogi coming back, who I think will be straight in as a left wing back or left back, whichever the system is. Uh, and Conte's catch up. Poch won't sign unless we get a Madison type because he knows his style won't work without Madison or Everton type. Do you think Alfie Devine would be the answer there, Conte's catch up? I think he'll look into the youth. Alfie Devine is a top, top uh, prospect. I know Brian Daigle raves, excuse me, lyrical about him. Harvey White as well. I think one of those would come in and then if but if we can get a Madison as well, then we've got two of them. We've got two of them. Uh Hing Cappy has signed a new contract for Liverpool, which means his value has not shot up. Uh Ian, would Poch not want to work? Would Poch want to work with Undombele and Lacelso? I'm not sure. I think Undombele is another one. We mentioned about Emerson, really good attitude. I think Undombele is the other, the opposite. Uh which does surprise me in the sense that when Mourinho called him out, he went down, knuckled down. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, he, he replies to Ian here. And Dombele has problems with all his previous managers, so I don't think Poch will work with him. Uh, Ian goes on to say that Poch signed him. Personally, I think it's one of the worst pieces of business we've ever done. Yeah, I'm not sure Poch actually wanted him. Or it's a type of player. He, he was linked to pretty much every big European team in the world. And I think we possibly signed him just so that other teams didn't get him. Uh, yeah, Conte's catch up. I think the plan is going to be sign about four or five smart free signings. If they're free or if they're £100 million a pop, doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that they fit the system and the manager wants them. If the manager wants them, uh, £100 million a pop is a bit too much. But, you know, £50 million a pop or 80 million a pop. If the manager wants them, go out and get them if you've got the money. If they're free and the manager wants them, go out and get them. Uh, you've got the money and they're free. And yeah, uh, Mele, just a bad egg, unable for the next level. I, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a lack of uh, work ethic there. And uh, yeah, Alfie Devine's not next level, but you can sure learn from Madison. I agree with that. There is an element to say, how do you know if someone's good enough without giving them a, a go? But you can't pin all your hopes, creative midfielder, on Alfie Devine, who's 18. You need someone else there. So, yeah, I would be all for that. Madison and Devine as our creative players next season. Uh, yeah, and and like you say, imagine what you can learn from Madison in just in training and just being around him. Uh, yeah, what I know for sure is that we're not going to spend a lot, lot of money in the summer and that we will rely on clever, smart, free and loan signs. That's very possibly... Uh, I mean, we do have to pay for Kulu. Uh, we have to pay for Poro as well. But, yeah, let's just hope that doesn't come out of the transfer budget and it's not another smoke screen, one of these things. Uh, but, yeah, Chelsea, how will the game pan out? So this is the last kind of point. And get your predictions in the... Um, we've already had one 3-1 Spurs. Get your predictions in the chat as well. What do you think the result will be? How do you think the game will pan out for me? I'd love to say that we will attack them from the off and go all out really quick, out like a train, put them under pressure. I just don't think it's in our makeup. There's more 
likelihood of that happening with Stellini there rather than Conte. Uh, but even against West Ham, we were very slow. I think he's came out and said, uh, or came out and said after the game that it was all deliberate, just trying to feel them out and get them tired and then kill them off in the second half. I'd like to see, you know, us kill a team in the first half, 60 minutes, game's done. Then you can rest your cane. Then you can get Richarlison on, uh, try and get him his goal. And then you can take it a bit easier and then rest people for this massive, massive game. Regardless of its championship, Make no mistake, Sheffield United is a massive, massive, massive game if we can get to the court finals, and then you never know. Uh, invest people for that. The last thing you want is uh, the people like Kane, Sons, you know, Hoybergs, all the players like that having to play a full-on, real, real, real tough game against Chelsea for the full 90 minutes. And then three days later, you've got a real, 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 real tough game, big game against Sheffield United. So that's what I'd like to see. I don't think that will happen, though. And, uh, yeah, Ian, I'll take 1-0 now. Thank you. I'll take any kind of win. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, I'd just like to see us go out quickly. I don't think that will happen, though. I think it will be a slow, methodical first half and then turn it on in the second half. But we need the first goal, I think. If Chelsea get the first goal, they can sit and defend. And they've got something to defend and it could be the turning of the tide for them. If we get the first goal, put them under all sorts of pressure, they'll be thinking, oh, God, not again. And then hopefully, hopefully we can kill them off. Like I say, get a couple of goals, rest a couple of key players for this huge game against Sheffield United. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. Uh, in terms of prediction, won't do a scoreline, but I think we'll win. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. So the 3-1, probably not far off the mark. But it could be anything. It depends on which Tottenham turn up. Where we heard that before? Oh, yes. Every single Spurs stream when they're previewing a game. Which Spurs team turn up will determine how the game pans out. Uh, but if we can attack them and go quick, I think we'll have no problems. If we keep them in the game and let them stay in the game, we could have problems. If we let them take the lead, I think we will have problems. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much reached the end for this preview. Uh Thank you so much for watching all the comments as well uh, and all the nice comments as well regarding Stephen Featley as well. Really appreciate that. And hopefully uh, people who are watching appreciate that too. Um, yeah, like I say, all, all the thoughts with him and his family uh, and friends. Uh, but yeah, in terms of a couple more comments coming in, uh, Chelsea are super fit. Wingbacks are back playing and they'll be more than likely to overrun us in midfield because spend a good portion of the game defending. Harry Kane to score two on the break, and we do a Desmond 2-2, two-all draw. I mean, we wouldn't lose, but I don't think a draw, I don't think a draw helps us, really. I don't think a draw helps us really. I think we need to win. Certainly with Newcastle being in the cup, if we can end up uh, extending that lead over them, I know they've got games in hand, but you'd rather have the points on the board than be catching up with games in hand because they're guaranteed. But if you have the points, you're guaranteed to have those points. And uh, cheers to you, Ben, as well. Thanks for comments and thanks for watching. And Conte's catch up. Have a good one too, buddy. And let's enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. All the comments. Uh, please hit the like and the subscribe. And also the notification bell. You don't have to remember when I'm going live because it will notify you on YouTube. But just in case you don't, it's 12.30 p.m. UK time on Fridays and 7.30 p.m. UK time on Mondays. Next Monday or this coming Monday will be a review of the Chelsea game. 
uh, hopefully have a few people on as well to talk about it and hopefully it'll be a nice entertaining and cheerful episode like the uh, West Ham one was because we won uh, but yeah let's just hope we can win uh, it doesn't matter how cheers Ian thanks for watching and thanks for the comments as well uh, and like you said I'd take any kind of win a 1-0 will do me nicely as much as a 5-0 uh, but even if it's a 3-2 as long as we win I couldn't really care less uh, but yeah Please hit the like, please hit the subscribe and the notification bell. And if you like a bit of magic, go over to my side hustle kind of channel. Just a bit of fun. Chris's magic on YouTube, 7.30 p.m. UK time on Wednesday. That's when the trick drops. It's not live. Uh, but, yeah, you can watch all the tricks previously. There's 30 now. And uh, I'll be back on Monday, hopefully with a few guests and hopefully celebrating another win against Chelsea and solidifying our top four hopes and pushing their top four even further down and get a good platform, hopefully rest a few key players for this huge game against Sheffield United. So until then, enjoy the weekend, everybody, and come on, you Spurs! Thanks so much for watching, for everybody who joined in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please leave a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, please hit that notification bell. That will give you a notification every time we're about to go live, and it's all completely free. For those who missed the live show, you can catch this whenever you want on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube channel. Please also hit the like, subscribe and notification bell. And everybody, please leave feedback, comments, suggestions in the comments section on the YouTube videos. For those of you who listen to the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that audio podcast, you can pick that up wherever you get your podcast from. We're back Mondays, 7.30pm UK time and Fridays, 12.30pm UK time. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter at Let's Talk Tottenham, Instagram, Let's Talk Tottenham Podcast, you can find all the information there. Anyone who wants something a little bit different, also do a magic show. So I do one trick a week, which drops Wednesday, 7.30pm UK time. Chris's Magic on YouTube is where you'll find that. But in the meantime, come on, you sp-